Just because you love God does not mean you won't go through a rocky moment. And it's in those moments that we learn how faithful God is. Welcome to the 30 Second Book Club podcast, a place for people who want to read more books and be in a book club, but don't have time to do either. Although, you know, you might have more time right now, right? Well, that's what this book is all about. Cheryl Brady's written a book called Don't Miss the Moment. And a lot of the times we can get so caught up in our life where we don't slow down to see what God's doing. But Cheryl... Um, you know, it's kind of funny that this book is coming out now. We, we've got a little more time now. I actually was inspired to write the book uh, about three years ago. And in the middle of all of it, I uh, lost my mother and I lost my sister. And the book was released in the middle of the coronavirus. So <laughs> it was like, God, what are you, are you trying to kill me or what? <laughs> But I really inspired, I I mean, the real inspiration behind it was that God just began to talk to me about slowing down. Um, And lo and behold, we have slowed down a lot. Uh, Our our whole country, the world has slowed down in the middle of all of this. But he began to to talk to me about uh, understanding and better understanding uh, the gift of a moment, because moments are small enough to be missed but they are big enough to change, uh, you know, our lives forever. And because I felt so much like people are in, you know, we're in a rat race. People, they're running to do this, running to do that. And and I sometimes I think that um, that it's possible that we can miss God moments because we're in pursuit of grand moments. And God has a way of slowing us down, uh, tuning our ear to hear his still small voice and I feel like that that's where a lot of us are at at this moment. We've slowed down and we're hearing God and we're doing our best to not miss this moment that we are in. And talking about, you know, not missing the moments we're in, you also um, share about you know, what are the characteristics of God moments? You know, what, what are we looking for? When it comes to characteristics of God's uh, of a God moment, um, often they are not what we would automatically think that or assume that they would be. Sometimes we feel like, oh, it would be loud. It would be flashing lights. It would be alarm bells. And and it could be all of those. However, sometimes they're subtle. Sometimes it's just God giving you a thought. Sometimes it's it's a whisper that you just feel in your spirit. It's something you hear, something you know. Um, sometimes you can look at the, at the right place. It's a glimpse. You look at the right place at the right time. And all of a sudden you just know, okay, this moment is different than just the average moment. They can also be disruptive. Um, they can, you know, can turn our lives upside down, which is where I believe that we are at right now. Uh, our whole norm, our whole uh, routines have been turned upside down. And so sometimes God does things like that and gets our attention in, in those ways. They can also be costly. Um, because once he gives you, once he drops a God moment in in your heart, in your spirit, then you have to be responsible with what you've heard, what you've seen, what you've felt. And we have to be responsible with that and, and communicate that and spread the word. And uh, people need to know that God is, is a speaking God and that he talks to us and that he will talk us through even what our world is facing right now. There is a God that will talk us through it. We just have to slow down and listen for his voice. You share this idea that I think maybe sometimes as we think, maybe we've missed the, the, the moment that we were supposed to grab onto. But then you say, not every wave is your wave. 
Yeah. You know, and it, and it's it's really cool. If you log in and you start looking at surfers, um, you 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 can watch them. They're out there, they're on the board, they're they're looking and you might think that you know, as an observer, I might think, well, that's a good way. Why don't they just catch that wave? It's because they know it's not theirs. They know what they're looking for. And they're saving their strength and they're saving their opportunity uh, for the wave that they feel like belongs to them. You know, waves of opportunity uh, come to our life nearly on a daily basis, but they're not all yours. Every wave that you see is not yours. Every door that opens is not a God door for us. I re- that's one of the lessons I learned early in my walk with God, that not every door that opens, just because it looks like a good door doesn't mean it's a God door. And so if we spend our strength running through every door that opens, then when the ones that God does open on our behalf and the one that he does want us to walk through, we find ourselves exhausted and depleted and and, and we'll, we're, we're not going to be as prepared because we've ran in every direction. So when, and two, this is, this can be kind of dangerous because when you've not had an open door in your life and they start opening, you automatically think that they're all God and they're really not all God, you know, and we got to discern, okay, this is my lane. This is the, this is what I'm going to go in. That's my wave. That's my door. And I'm going to, I'm going to preserve my strength for my purpose. Yeah. And sometimes you can wait a long time for that wave to come. And Cheryl, you talk about how sometimes you had to take the long road, and that was a good thing. Yeah, I did. I, I, I you know, sometimes I think we can be so uh, enamored with what's next that we miss what's now. And um, for me, my life, I, I feel like I've, I've been on a long road. What happened quickly for a lot of people didn't happen for me. It didn't happen in the way that that maybe it happened for um, my other colleagues or other ministry people or other human beings for that matter. I feel like God slowed me down and he took me a different route. And even though I would see other people and, and watch them maybe get higher or move faster, I realized that God slowed me down for a reason. And because I believe that um, when God wants to take us higher, if we if we jump from point A to point Z, and we don't go through the uh, B, C, D, E, F, G, and the whole all, all that it takes to get to that top pinnacle of, of where God wants to take us, then when we get there, we can't really stay there for a, a good length of time because we haven't had the infrastructure built in our lives uh, to hold us up at that pinnacle. But when you've taken the long road, when you've learned things about God along the way, and it's not just hearsay, you know, we often hear the phrase, he's not just my mother's God or my father's God, but he's my God. And I think the way that we learn that he's our God is that long road. And for instance, I think about the bamboo tree, and I wrote about this in the book, Don't Miss the Moment. Um, The bamboo tree, for four years, you don't see any fruit. For four years, uh, all all you see is what appears to be fruitless labor, no growth, nothing. But you have to continue to be faithful every every day with with that seed that you planted. Four years of nothing, but then on the fifth year, it begins to sprout, and out of nowhere, it grows 80 feet tall. See, we, we what we couldn't see with our with the naked eye was that up underneath where the seed was planted, 
there was a root system that was being established. And that root system enabled that bamboo tree to withstand the winds, the rain, the storms. And to me, the long road is God establishing that root system so that when we do find ourselves in a storm, that root system keeps us intact. Such a good analogy, uh, Cheryl, but I think sometimes you can even be frustrated thinking, okay, I know this is where I should be growing, but what do we do when we don't feel like our current situation is living up to our future potential. And that's that's a real reality in our lives. And, at, you know, there's a place in God that we all have to come to. And we have to trust that we believe what he's told us in his word, that if he starts the good work, he's going to finish it, um, that, that, that he will be faithful to us. We have to trust the fact that he will open a door that no man can shut. He can shut a door that no man can open. And we have to, in, in the middle of all of that, our faith sometimes fluctuates. I'm going to be honest, I'm a pastor, but faith fluctuates. But this is what we've got to remember, that the fluctuations of our faith never mean the absence of our faith. It is there. And we just have to continue to strengthen it. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And there is a point, you know, Andy, where we have to trust that God is sovereign. He is a sovereign God. And what he has for me is for me. What he has for you is for you. You can't have what is mine. I can't have what is yours. And anytime we try to get on that that band of comparing ourselves one to another, it is never healthy. The Bible says it is unwise. So we just have to walk out our path and we have to help others along the way. There are some principles in God's word that if we would do unto others what we'd have them do unto us, um, that, that God would bless us. We have to just trust that. All of the things that we we say we've trusted God for, you know, we're at that point now where we have to really uh, live what we preach because um, that, that, that's where it is. And we gotta, and there's a resting place in God. And I, if, when you do all you can to stand, that doesn't, when I say there, there's a resting place, doesn't mean you can be lazy, but it does mean that you can, you can do all that you know to do, but at some point you have to put it in his hands and say, God, help me not to want anything. You don't want me to want not to need anything. You don't need me to need, but to trust you and submit to the process. And as I do that, you will cause everything that's mine to open up on my behalf. It takes a lot of faith. And Cheryl, you talk in the book about faith enforcers, reinforcers, and faith faith reducers, rather. And so what are some things that we should be looking and going towards and some things that we should be avoiding? One of the things I think it's so important is, the, is that we cultivate perspective. Because in the middle of a crisis or in the middle of, God, I just can't take it anymore, uh, I think it's important that our perspective be challenged. Um, that's one of the reasons that I think having um, a good community around us. So, uh, it, you know, that's the role that they play, people that we do life with, that 
that could say to me, hey, Cheryl, chill out. Just remember how good God's been to you. Do you remember when he brought you through that? And do you remember when he brought you through that? And so I think uh, a couple of faith reinforcers are um, that we cultivate perspective, that we also cultivate community, and that we open ourselves up to the voices that we trust in our life. Um, I think that it's important that um, that we have confidence, and that comes that also comes through the community that we have uh, cultivated, and the perspective that we have cultivated is our is our confidence. And then you know there's there, and we I think another uh, reinforcer is perception. Perspective uh, perspective gives us oversight, but perception gives us insight. And so those four things, perspective, confidence, community, and perception, I call them my faith reinforcers. There are some things that are faith reducers, and we have to watch out for that. Things like comparison, that's a trap. And if we fall into that, that's going to set us back. Things like disappointment can reduce our faith. Our faith. Things like doubt, things like fear, things like unbelief. All of those things can reduce our faith. And when we start feeling overwhelmed with those kind of symptoms, we have to know that it is just the enemy that is coming to kill, steal, and destroy what God has established for us. Often the darkest hour is just before the dawn. So if somebody's listening to me today, they need to know that if you feel like you're at your at your darkest hour, it's really a sign that God is really about to open up some things for you. And I want to encourage them today. And they got to do some thought management so that things like comparison, doubt, disappointment, unbelief, and fear don't dominate our thought life. But things like perspective, confidence, community, perception, knowing that if God called you, he is able to keep you and he'll open what has to be open for you. So in the middle of all of that, don't miss the moment to just reinforce your faith. Hmm. So good. The book is called Don't Miss the Moment Again, uh, Pastor Cheryl Brady. One more thing uh, you talk about towards the end of the book, when you're going through rocky moments and getting through it, um, you say, do we um, just let those moments creep into our daily routines and put up with them? Or do we fight back? No, we got to fight back because if we don't, uh, anything that's that it, it, if we don't fight back and we just allow thoughts and and disappointments and the things I just mentioned, if we allow them to just run rapid in our mind, then um, we will find ourselves in a very defeated place. Um, I I talked about the last chapter. It's really one of my favorites, and it's called "How Do I Get Through Rocky Moments." Let me just say first of all, just because you love God does not mean you won't go through a rocky moment um, because we really do. And it's in those moments that we learn how faithful God is. Uh, I talked about losing my sister and really walking with her through those the, the final months and days and weeks of her life and uh, how it really shook my faith to the core because I really believed that God was going to do something different and uh, and that the outcome would be different. It even for a while there, it even caused me to just question God, not in a sense of, Lord, I'm questioning you because I just don't, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know why you do the things you do, but I really was questioning him in the sense of, God, will you just help me to understand why, why you 
didn't do what I thought you would do. And it, it, some, at one point, I really felt like me and God were not on speaking terms because the more I would pray to get understanding, it seems like the less I would understand. But I'm, what, I, what I appreciate about God is that he didn't give up on me and that he held me close in those moments. And when the time was right, he intervened and he reminded me of how powerful his love was. And he reminded me that I should not let anything, life, death, powers, principalities, things present or things to come to separate me from the love I had in Christ Jesus. I didn't know what was going to happen in my life, but I did know, and this takes me back to what I've been telling my church through this coronavirus, um, was that there's a lot of things I didn't know. I didn't know how I would make it. I didn't know why God didn't do what I thought he would do. Um, I didn't know why my sister had to suffer like she did, but I did know that God loved me. And I knew that his love was powerful. And I knew that I could not let anything separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So yes, my moments were rocky and we will go through them. But in the middle of them, I just encourage your audience uh, to just know that there is a love that God has for us and we should fight for that love and not allow anything to separate us from his love. Maybe while you have a little more time to just to kind of examine your life, a little more downtime, maybe you find your soul just crying out for more. Well, next week is all about you then. The book is called Soul Hunger from J. Otis Ledbetter, Satisfying Your Heart's Deepest Longings. That's coming up next week on the 30 Second Book Club podcast.